welcome in this place, Father God. chapter 8 verse 26 says and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses for example we don't know what God wants us to pray for but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words and the Father knows all hearts he knows what the Spirit is saying for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will Lord we thank you for your spirit that is here that not only lives inside of us for those that believe, but that is among us and with us as we worship together today. Lord, thank you for speaking to each person's heart and life exactly where they need to hear from you. And Lord, even today we remember Faye Michalowski and her family as a passing of her husband, Walter. I pray you bless her in a special way. Bless her family in a special way today. And God, anyone here that stands in this room with need, be with them and show yourself mighty in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. And Landon, if you can come. Hey, there's something we haven't done here at Praise Assembly for 121 weeks for 847 days. We haven't done what we're about to do. So just in case you've forgotten, we don't want anybody caught off guard. We're going to, in a moment, have a time of greeting, but we're going to show you how to do that, okay? Just in case, you know, because it's been a long time, in case you forget. So there's this one, there's the head nod. You, just, uh, you could do that. Just kind of, just the, the guy head nod. And then there's the wave. We could do the wave. Yeah. And then there's the, the fist bump. We could do that one. Uh, we could do the handshake. Or we could do the full-on hug. Bring it. <laughs> Give it up for Landon. Good job, ma'am. But in all seriousness, one of the joys of being together is we get to say hello, greet each other, uh, encourage each other. So we're going to take a few minutes here just, just right now. If everyone can stand to your feet. For you introverts, you're like, I liked the way it was for 847 days. Why? I want to stay there. And you can, you can kind of stay in a corner. It's no big deal. But uh, hey, let's take uh, a few moments this morning and greet each other. God bless you guys. Amen. Hey, you did great. Give yourself a hand. You are amazing. Good job. It's like riding a bike, right? <laughs> hey, if you are a guest here today, if you are a guest with us here today, first of all, we want to say thank you because it takes guts to be a guest someplace you've never been before. But we hope that you have a wonderful time with us, so you uh, get to meet some folks and, and really experience the presence of God here today. One of the things you can do to help us is we have a Connect card in the seat back in front of you. If you could complete that so that we can formally say thank you, that would be a tremendous help to us. And then we're going to give you a gift. This, uh, when you pour coffee in here, the caffeine level doubles. So you're able to get twice as much caffeine. It's incredible and amazing. And uh, we just appreciate if you could do that. Turn it into the guest services table out there, and they'll be uh, sure to uh, give you that today. We want to continue to worship and offering. And so as our ushers come to receive our morning tithe and offering, um, Albert Einstein uh, said this, that uh, a life is not truly lived unless it's lived in serving others. And uh, we know that's true 
biblically, scripturally following Jesus that you really aren't living unless you're giving to other people. And this is, again, another opportunity. Uh, we, are, we easily forget in life. So this is an opportunity we get to give and to say, God, this life, my resources are about more than just me. It's about you and your kingdom. So let's pray today. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to worship you, to, to give you word just as much as singing a song, just as much as, as reading a part of your word. This is our act of worship, and we give it to you freely today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, if you had your bullet when you came in, you can pull that out if you'd like. Hey, just want to say a special thank you to all of those that helped make our VBS this year a, a, a great success. We had a bunch of kids here, and uh, Miss Lucy and her team just did a great job. So thank you so much for that. Uh, a, note, a note today. Yeah, that's right. For those that are heading to Camparama, uh, you will have a meeting following the morning service in room 103A. And uh, so make sure you uh, attend that. It's going to be super important. Uh, the Women's Illuminate 22 Women's Conference, which is November 11th and 12th. And I said it last week, but it is, it's sad. The summer's, you know, we still got plenty of summer, but it's going to fly by. And that conference is there. So make sure you please see Jeannie or Sherry if you're planning to attend that. We have our upcoming Praise Youth events there. Parents, check that out. If you are a parent or a grandparent of a middle school or high school student and you want to know what's going on at least weekly, I send out emails with all the information, updates, things coming up. Make sure if, if I don't have your email, you're not getting those, please come and see me. Wednesday nights, continue with our Bible study. Do not, uh, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. It's been really a, a great study. If you haven't come out to that on Wednesday nights, check it out. And then... Um, I believe that's the, the last announcement for today. Again, great job on greeting, and I hope you got to meet somebody that was an encouragement to you this morning. God bless you. Amen. Hey, that was, uh, that was good after a two-year drought, huh? To be able to talk to people and mingle more than we do. We're going to make that a regular tradition. We're going to go back. I just love that phrase, back to the future. I'm not sure what it means, but it was a great movie about 35 years ago. Um, hey, listen, I want to introduce you to someone who's relatively new to our church. Um, yeah, I, and I, I know she's here. Colette Alexandra Smith, if she would come up with her parents and family and any friends who would like to join them. We're going to dedicate her to the Lord this morning. She was born in November and um, hung around in the hospital for a while. And then at home and, you know, they just kept trying to get her to gain some weight. And she is, I hear, I hear she's normal. <laughs> I've been warned that she may not come to me when I usually hold babies. Well, we're going to test that out. So we have a challenge here today. Hello. Hi. And if she doesn't, we'll do a workaround. Yeah, some of you come over this way because if this church starts tipping, <laughs> I like things symmetrical or balanced. So, yeah, thank you. Hello. Trying to, trying to work on her. So. As you know, we just, we just had a baby dedication last month. And in our church uh, and other Bible-believing churches, children and infants are brought to the pastor to be dedicated unto the Lord. We don't baptize babies because it isn't something that's done in the scriptures, not in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament. Um, very simply, baptism is a believer's baptism where a person should be old enough and cognizant of their sins, of their sinful past, being born in iniquity and in need of a Savior. And when a person finally repents of their past, repents of their sin and asks Christ to be their Savior, then we baptize them. And so this, this pattern of dedication is from the Old Testament. 
And we also see even Jesus in the New Testament being brought to the temple to be brought before the Lord. And uh, in the Old Testament, it was Hannah where we first see this example. And Hannah was childless. She was barren. She wanted a child so bad and she would go to the local house of worship and she would pray and she would seek God. And Eli was the priest at that time and he would hear her. And, and finally, one day, God answered her prayer. And she went back to Eli. And it's, here's what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1. It says, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, a skin of wine. She brought an offering and brought him to the house of the Lord of Shiloh. And when they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. And she said to, the, to him, to the priest, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord for this child. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. And so now I give him back to the Lord. For his whole life, he'll be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. And that's the pattern that we follow. That's the pattern that, you know, evangelical, Bible-believing churches follow. And today, these parents are also grateful for God's provision in their life. An answer to prayer. They have this young daughter and they brought her here to be dedicated unto the Lord. In a few moments, they're going to pledge to raise Colette for God to live as godly examples before her, to help her to develop spiritually and ultimately to accept Jesus as her own Savior. And I would ask for your support as well as a church family, as this congregation, and realize that you have a responsibility to be an example before her as she gets older and starts coming to nursery class and toddler class and on up through the ranks. And, and Jesus warned us very pointedly. He told us that we ought not let one of these stumble. We ought not be the cause of one of these to turn away from God. And he said it in Matthew 18, 6, he said, But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. And so I'm going to ask all of you, if you would, stand with us as we proceed through this act of dedication. And Sam and Jennifer... In the sight of God and in the presence of these witnesses, do you solemnly promise to bring up this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, say, I do. I do. Do you promise to seek to lead her to accept Jesus Christ as her own Savior and Lord? If so, please say, I do. I do. Do you promise to live before her consistent and godly lives? If so, then say, we do. We do. Okay. Let's dedicate her to God. Let's try here. I was warned. Oh, oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for little Colette. Lord, I thank you for, for all that she is right now, that you have a plan for her life. You have a will for her life. And Lord, I pray your, your blessing. God, I pray that you'd continue to cause her to thrive. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the home in which she's being raised. Father, I give her back to her parents. And Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom. Lord, that you would help them to have patience. Lord, I pray, God, that you would take this entire family and make them a blessing to this little girl. Lord, that all of them would be an example to her concerning who you are in their lives. Father, we pray your richest blessing on Sam and Jennifer and Landon and little Colette. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let me see you. Hold on. Okay. God bless you. Hey, we did it. We did it.
No, Sam, Sam and Jennifer had warned me, she might not let you hold her. And she did. So, I love it. And again, my record prevails. 40, almost 44 years of dedicating babies, never been spit up on once. Not once. There have been some close calls. But not once. I was a little worried about last month. I thought, you know, this is going too long, too good. So, anyways, hey, at this point, we have a team that went to Poland to uh, do major renovations on a building for Ukrainian refugees, and we're going to hear a report about that. And so I want to ask the team leader, Chuck Parsons, to come and uh, get us started. Do we have a microphone for Chuck? <gasps> Pastor Hans. He stole your microphone. Test, test. Okay. Good morning. So uh, before I get started, I wanted to say uh, a big, huge shout out to Rusty Schuler who uh, shuttled us to and from the airport. Uh, it was horrible times. We got home, I think, got to the airport at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. Rusty was waiting, jumped in the church van, dropped us off right here. So that was great. So thank you, Rusty. We appreciate that. Um, this trip was unique um, in that there were eight of us that went, five from Praise and three of our buddies from, from other churches. Um, and it was kind of a, a group project with lots of people touching it. So Convoy of Hope had a piece in it in that they're uh, providing beds and, and food and warehouses in the area that the Refugee Center is going to pull from. Um, the Assemblies of God in Europe, of course. Um, the Assemblies of God in Eurasia, the missionary that's kind of heading the day-to-day -day is from Estonia. Uh, so it was a really neat thing to get to see so many people touching a project. The project itself is an abandoned uh, three-story, about 13,000 square feet office building that's been sitting empty for about four years. And they're going to turn it into a refugee center for mostly women and kids who are escaping the war in the Ukraine and coming across the border into Poland. Um, so our job was to, we were the second of 14 teams that are lined up, I think they're probably on about five or six by now. Uh, so we went in the first week of June. And we got a lot of work done. We did, uh, you'll see in the, in the video, lots of plumbing, tiling. Uh, we renovated an entire apartment for the uh, missionary doctor who's going to live on, on campus there. Um, so it was a great trip altogether. Uh, your guys that went, um, for you spouses, we kind of overlook you guys sometimes. Thank you for letting these guys go. I know it's a commitment to be separated. It's a financial cost. Um, so thank you for letting them come. Uh, hopefully they had some good stories to share with you. But uh, I think my favorite memory from the trip is we were, uh, we also visited Auschwitz, the famous World War II concentration camp. It was about 30 minutes from Katowice, Poland, where we, uh, where the refugee center is. And, um, you know, if you've ever been there, it's a very heavy place. Uh, even though we were talking, what, 80 years ago, it's still very heavy. I'm glad we went, but certainly wouldn't want to go back. Um, but when we left there, we went to a restaurant for dinner. You'll see a shot of it in the uh, slideshow. And the uh, missionaries, uh, we were all, you know, we're goofballs. There's Vinny, myself, Bill Chestnut. We were just goofing off being us. And the missionaries were dying. And they said, you know what, it's so good to laugh again. Um, most of them haven't had a day off since the invasion, which was early February, I think. So, um, yeah, it was a good trip in many ways. So enjoy the video. And at the end of the video, uh, I think the two other guys, Gordy and Daniel, will come up and uh, we'll do a presentation for Pastor.
One thing that's pretty neat about this project is it's, um, it's going to house 160 refugees, uh, and it's kind of temporary. You know, the goal is to, you know, who knows what's going to, you know, go on in Ukraine when and if they can go back, but to kind of, you know, prepare them for this next chapter of their life, whether it's staying in Poland or going somewhere else. So it's going to touch a lot more than 160 people. It's going to be sort of rotating, and they've already got a wait list. It's full all the time. So, uh, Gordy? Thank you so much. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, it was an awesome trip, let me tell you. Um, excuse me, I got a card. Alrighty. I uh, wanted to thank the church board, uh, Pastor and Chuck for letting me go on the trip. Um, it was a fantastic trip. We got a lot of work done. Uh, Chuck headed it up. Great guy to go with. I can honestly tell you that uh, I've been on Pathfinder trips before, and we've always taken our food and water jugs and everything with us. Uh, this trip... I came home 10 pounds heavier, believe it or not. It was a wonderful trip. We ate so much food. It was incredible. Uh, the, the trip here was truly God-inspired. I'm an electrician by trade. I think I touched one wire the whole trip I was there. Everything was like spackling, and I don't do that stuff. It truly God-inspired. It, it actually looked good when it was done. I couldn't believe it. Bill, obviously, Bill had... A hand in it because he was showing me how to do it and stuff. So 
Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Auschwitz. What a heavy place, like Chuck said. Um, we toured, there's actually three of them, believe it or not. Um, we actually toured the first one. Then we went over to the second one, which is actually a bigger camp. And we toured everything. Obviously, you saw everything. And the last part of the trip, the guide took us into this dorm, so to speak. And anybody that knows me knows I love kids. And this dorm was for children. And that kind of hit home. And um, you didn't see it on the slideshow, but I have pictures of drawings that these kids did in this dorm for the children. So just, I mean, if you want to see it, just come up and talk to me. It's on my phone. Um, But I can't, I thank you all for, uh, all those that prayed for the trip, you know, God knows, and there will be blessings coming, I can promise you. Thank you so much. Okay, so if you don't know, um, every time a mission trip, uh, we send people on a mission trip, they come back and we bring pastor a plate. So, Pastor, if you could come up, we want to present you with a plate. Is this the one we got at the airport in Philly? <laughs> REI. REI, yeah. REI. Last minute trip to the mall. Does anyone here speak Polish? Read that to me. Thank you, guys. And I want to say, too, thinking about what you saw and what you witnessed, Auschwitz representing the ultimate depravity of human nature. Amen? And then to see what they did and other teams are doing shows the difference that the Spirit of Christ makes in our world. Very hands-on. Not just preached about not just, you know, God bless you, brother, be well, as Jesus cited in Scripture, but actually doing something physical to make a difference. Thank you for going. Thank you for taking time off work. And uh, anyways, our church, you know, we, we invested about $20,000 to send the team there with materials and everything. And prior to that, as you know, we took several offerings uh, to send a convoy of hope. Thanks for making known that you guys worked hand in hand with convoy in this trip. Um, so we sent about $30,000. we have invested about $50,000 there, and we want to continue. One of the greatest problems with the American mind, we forget quickly. And unless this is before people, uh, hopefully our government will not pull out in support of Ukra- Ukrainians fighting for freedom. I mean, this is, this is Freedom Weekend, isn't it? July 3rd, July 4th. They're fighting for their freedom. They're giving their lives. The women and the children will be in this center. The men... Just civilian men are left behind trying to fight for freedom. Folks, the least we can do is send funds to keep convoy active. And the Polish border, in, in Poland, the surrounding border states, as well as in the Ukraine, in Ukraine. And so I've asked for our ushers to get ready, and I want you today to give again. It's been a long time since I've asked you to help. And so I want us to pray in a moment. I'd like the ushers to come. If, if you're not prepared to give, please go online and you'll notice the giving button for Convoy of Hope. It says one day to feed the world. We're not going to change that. But whatever comes in there during this season, we are going to, we're going to send expeditiously to Convoy to help the refugees in Ukraine. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you did through this team. And I know what you did in their hearts as well. And I pray, God, that you continue to bless these men who went 
And Lord, I pray, God, that you would bring a supernatural end to this conflict. Lord, how I pray that you would crush the evil ones. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bring victory and freedom to the Ukrainian people. And Lord, I pray right now your blessing on this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your giving. And again, if you weren't prepared for today, then please take a look online and consider what you could do to help. <clears throat> just let me try to <laughs> gather myself. It's not just listening to that song or the images, but as we were worshiping, I really felt God speak to my heart. About, and he said something that I have not heard in 24 years. <clears throat> and I don't know that God is into reruns or repeats. But in 1998, I was pastoring in New Jersey. And God gave me a word. In January of 1998, he gave me a word for the church that I was pastoring that 1998 would be a year of blessing. Now, you can say that about any year. And in fact, I preached it there, and it became a year of blessing, just as I felt God had told me to share with our people. It became a year of blessing for folks individually in our church, for the church as a whole. And then I came here, and I'm sure I preached probably the very same message. Because for me, 1998, the whole year, and I came in September of 1998 to be your pastor, that that was going to continue. It didn't end because I left one church and went to another. And I was blessed to be here. And you were blessed too in many ways. And as we were worshiping, I felt God tell me that we are going to be in a year of blessing. We're already halfway through. And, you know, we've been through some tough times. 
really nothing compared to what the world has seen over the years, right? I mean, there have been some very dark ages besides the historic dark ages in our world. But the verse or the passage that God led me to in 1998, when I came here the first Sunday, I took the Bible that was here and I opened to that chapter. And this Bible has been open to that chapter ever since. It's Isaiah chapter 61. If you want to read along with me, you can. I'm reading out of the New International Version. But this is for us. You know, the church was restricted by law and regulation. Some people hated the government for doing it. My God is sovereign. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He knows all things. He knows the beginning from the end. He is ultimately in charge. Now, there is a prince of this world. There's a God of this age. Talk about him later, very briefly. And we have to do battle against him, and he will work against us. But ultimately, God is the victor. And we take part in that. And here's the promise that comes with this. And so if you've been going through a tough time, maybe some of you have been struggling with your marriage. Maybe some of you have been struggling financially. Some of you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I mean, you know, really, individual. I don't know all that's going on. And, and truthfully, just the fact that we were isolated because we couldn't meet for two months as a church. Then we met, we had to meet with mass and we couldn't touch each other. We couldn't be around each other. I'll tell you what, we probably should have gone 10 minutes with greeting today. We're going to nail that. We're going to slowly work. It was a lot of pent up desire wasn't there <laughs> but we're going to get it fine-tuned it'll probably be you probably have 90 seconds to go say hi to someone in the future during that time but we're going to reinstitute that but as much as we've been through those tough times I don't think anyone here has gone through the Spanish flu World War One maybe some of you got a little bit of World War Two in you but I don't think we can go back much further than that there's been some tough times for America for the world and so what we went through wasn't that bad, but it was bad. It was not pleasant. The divisiveness, even among Christians, political division, racial division, nonsense, foolishness, all because the prince of this world has blinded the minds. But here's what I want to read to you. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. Release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is going to be the year of the Lord's favor. That's why I'm saying it's a year of blessing. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Folks, the church is going to have a comeback across our nation. Amen. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd their flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. 
You'll be named ministers of our God. I, I mean, I could preach this verse. I'm not going. I want to pre- have another one ready. Another message. What that means is we're not going to be spectators anymore. We're going to be priests and ministers. You're going to be involved. You're going to be ministering to people. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. I don't care what the media, social media, government, uh, Federal Reserve, I don't care what they're saying about recession, inflation, whatever. My God is bigger than all that. And if he can feed a prophet during a worldwide drought, he can take care of us just fine. Amen? You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will replay, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion of your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. I hate wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people of the Lord. Uh, they are a people the Lord is blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I'm going to tell you, some of you in particular are going to receive a blessing from God this year that's going to blow your mind. It's, you won't even see it coming. You will not see it coming. It'll suddenly be there in front of you. And I'm, I'm, this is not prepared, folks. This is prophetic. Now, there's one condition. One condition. And I found it in Psalm chapter 1. It says, Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Stop listening to worldly counsel. Stop listening to worldly opinion. Because that's where the prince of this world reigns. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or set foot on the path of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season, listen to this, whose leaf does not wither, and who prospers in all he does. This sounds very much like Isaiah 61, not so the wicked, for they are like chaff driven off in the wind. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly. I'm telling you, this is a year of blessing. Let's pray together before we go to my message this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this declaration. And Lord, I, God, I pray that, that this somehow finds agreement in every heart here. Lord, that everyone here would understand that this is a year where they can receive incredible blessing. They need to reject the wisdom of this world. They need to hunger and thirst and and eat and meditate upon your word and desire to be sensitive to the leading of your Holy Spirit. And you will bring blessing, unbelievable blessing. Lord, I thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
It is what it is, folks. I'm, you, don't, you don't have to accept it, but I believe that it is, it is for us. It is for us. Before I get into today's message, I, obviously it's going to be a message on freedom. Pastor Hans next week will preach on freedom. I'll be at Camparama with a, about almost 20 of our church members. Um, boys and men will be going to a national Camparama in Eagle Rock. And um, then the following week, I have another message on freedom. But I wanted to start today with a video which will share, is three people sharing about their escape from unbelievable oppression and how they are enjoying the freedoms that we sometimes take for granted. Let's go ahead and show that clip. There was no freedom. People is like have a like really hard life and they go into the jail and then government kill them. The entire Sudanese civil war uh, started in my hometown. Everybody's corrupted. Everyone is corrupted. There's the rebels, there's all these people fighting. They call you slave. Government don't let to us to go to the church. They came on the land and, you know, they were just just, just, just killing everybody. Well, I talked to my neighbor about Jesus. What they did, they fired on us. So everybody had to jump into the water. Her mother started to believe to Jesus, and then her husband killed her. It was nightmare, getting separated from your parents. That night, we were just seeing bullets like I thought they were fireflies, but they were actually bullets. Her husband said, if I find who talked about you to the Jesus, I'm going to find them and I'm going to kill them too. We escaped and got into the mountains, into the forest. We had actually run uh, quite fast in the My parents, they say, like, we can live here anymore and we found ourselves in a refugee camp in Ethiopia. I lived in a refugee camp for seven years. And we went to the United Nations. I did always pray about getting to a better place. Now that I've come here, I've got the freedom to go to school, um, study what I want, be who I want. You can wear whatever you want. You can go to the church. Here, I have opportunities. I'm studying biotechnology engineering and uh, graphic designing. My master's uh, in accounting. After I finished college, I want to be a lawyer. God always take up the chill and depend on us. I've asked him everything I've ever wanted and everything I've gotten. I mean, I saw how God is good. Thank God for freedom. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's praise him for a minute. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the freedoms that you've given to us. God, just, just for most of us, we've been born here. That's all that we've known. But Lord, we do know that there are over 20 nations that are here, this, here in this church, part of this church family, and many of them have come from places where there was not this type of freedom. And I thank you, God, that they can enjoy the freedoms that we can as natural-born citizens. 
And Lord, I pray that we never take it for granted. And Lord, that we would desire not only to enjoy our freedoms, but Lord, to understand that there is a spiritual freedom that every man and woman absolutely needs. And that it's our responsibility to help them to become free of the prince of this world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Yeah, tomorrow is the 4th of July celebrating great sacrifice. Many people died for that basic freedom. And since that time, many people have died preserving that freedom. And I'll tell you, I empathize with our Christian brothers and sisters around the world who live in countries right now. I mean, they know Christ and they have, they have limitations, as you heard from these three. I've traveled to many of these nations I know what those limits feel like only for maybe a week or 10 days and then I'm back here to enjoy being on this soil. The land of the free. The home of the brave. In fact, you know, it was a number of years ago now, but I remember when Kathy and I were in Moscow, Russia, teaching and preaching to the pastors and their wives. We, we, uh, after the morning session, I had taught. We broke for lunch. And the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Russia uh, came up to me, told me that the FSB, which used to be called the KGB, the FSB had come by while I was preaching and they told him to shut the meeting down or they would come back in the afternoon and arrest everyone. And I thought that would be pretty cool. I mean, to, you know, American getting arrested in Russia. Wow. And of course, a couple hundred Russians as well. Well, they didn't come back. But he told him, he said, we have a constitutional right to meet. And the FSB told him, we spit on the Constitution. That was what he told me. And this was a few years after the Soviet Union had begun to break up and supposedly was more free now. And there are also other countries to which I have traveled where I've been told by the nationals to be very careful what I would address. In fact, there's one country I won't mention here because we don't want to have to edit the video but when we're in a hotel or we're in a restaurant or something, the only, we can't talk. We cannot talk anything about God. Only when we're in a vehicle, one that we know is our vehicle, can we talk. Or maybe outside. And even in that country one time as we were traveling back to, to our home city where the hotel was, we were pulled over by the police. And we had just the right way to get, get out of that problem. You see, I think sometimes, as you're probably already aware from what I've said, we take our freedoms a bit too lightly here in America. We have hardly a fear of what we say or what we do. Amen? We really don't have a whole lot of the fear. Anyways, I mean, I like freedom. I like the freedoms that we have. And, and I like free, too. I, you, you know what I'm talking about? I like free stuff. Even when I know I can afford something, I still like it better when I get it free. Are you like me? You know what I mean? You buy one, get one. It can be that basic. Or buy this entree, get that dessert for free. I love free stuff. How many of how many you like? Are you like me? I, I, some of you really don't care. I know. That's why I'm asking. And some of you know I do the points thing and I do it for almost everything. I mean, how many of you belong to some kind of rewards club? Actual show of hands. How many belong to some kind of rewards club? Okay. I don't care if it's Wawa. I don't care if it's um, um, Royal Farms. I mean, I can't treat you all to free chicken there today, but I've got some points for Royal Farms. 
And how about the grocery stores, right? You know, you get around the holidays. If you spend $400, you get a free turkey. That's cool. And turkeys are really usually cheap at Thanksgiving. It's hardly worth it, but you know you're going to spend the money there. I want the free turkey. Even if I don't eat it, I'll give it to someone else. They're awfully cheap at that time. Or, or how many of you, you know, you buy coffee. You know, if you're part of the Dunkin' Club or the Starbucks loyalty thing, you're going to, you know, you make so many purchases, then finally use the points to buy that fancy drink that you'd never spend the money on. That's me. I mean, my wife and I have gone on some incredible trips over the years simply by signing up for a certain credit card, getting a bazillion free bonus miles from the start, do the same thing with a hotel chain. Um, in, in fact, uh, well, there was, there was one time we did a free trip wherever it was in the Caribbean, <clears throat> and we were there, and, and they offered us a timeshare presentation, 90 minutes, and I would get some cash, and I'd get all these extra bonus points, I didn't even pay for the stay, and yet they're offering me more free stuff. And we've never done a timeshare. I said, let's do it. I mean, we, you know, we, we're not going to be pressured into anything. In fact, we met with the guy, and right from the beginning, we said, listen, we're here only, I'm only here for the 30,000 bonus points and the $100 towards a meal. So you can waste your 90 minutes and our 90 minutes. Or, and so he cut it to about 30 minutes. He gave up. And he said, why aren't you interested? I said, I haven't paid for a vacation in 15 years. He's like, how'd you do that? Because he thought, you know, this timeshare will be great. This is what you need to get into. Because all you do is pay a monthly and your family can use it and you can use it. And you die, you can hand it off to someone else and all that. I, I said, why would I pay that when I come, come for free? And, you know, and he asked how I did it. And I told him, he said, oh, we can't do that here in Aruba. Well, now you know where I went, but. Yeah, he was really bummed. He said, we don't have anything like that here in Aruba. And you know what, too? Even with the free points, when I book a room using points, I always try to book the hotel that gives you free breakfast, too. I'm not cheap. I am thrifty. I am a New England Yankee. When I was secularly employed and we were starting a church in Massachusetts, I worked on commission basis. Okay, sales, commission. And you know what? There'd be a contest. I didn't work for the big commission. I worked for the crazy giveaways. Like if I, if I sold this much product, then I, I remember one time I got a free stadium blanket. You could probably buy them for 10 bucks back then. But I did it for the blanket. I didn't do it for the paycheck. And I remember one time too, I have a Stanley toolbox. It came with a dozen tools. I was so excited to win that. Now, I got commission on top of that, but I don't care about the commission. That just goes to pay bills. I love the freebies. And one year, my sales were enough, and all credit to God, seriously. This was a complete miracle. We had a woman's prayer group that met every Monday. We, had, we only had about a dozen people in our church. We were about a year or two old. And, uh, <clears throat> and so there, this, there was this trip offered through the insurance company that if you sold enough, you got to go to Hawaii for 10 days. All expenses paid. I mean, and it was big. To qualify was big. You had to sell a ton of stuff and unbelievable. So, so anyways, I didn't really care about going to Hawaii. Never been, didn't care. My wife really, she, she really wanted to go. And these ladies grabbed a hold of it. There were five women that met five in the morning every weekday. And they prayed that I would get that trip. And, you know, it happened. Unbelievable. Believe it or not, one sale. One sale got us to Hawaii for 10 days Everything included, luau, everything, airfare, unbelievable. Hyatt Regency, Waikiki. I love free. 
And again, enough of you, I think, understand that. You like free as well. Requires a little work sometimes, but it's still free. One year, my grandbabies lived in Texas. I had enough freaking flyer miles to fly them here to visit us. And you know what that does? Then you have cash to spoil them and send them home. So anyways, some of you too, in the summertime, you brought me free fruit and veggies. Much appreciated. It's free. It tastes better when it's free. And it's fresher too. Now there is a limit. Dave Hawkins knows. I don't want any king size zucchinis. I want them smaller and a smaller size. Okay. They just taste better. Less seeds. And Anyways, the reason I went off in that tirade or tangent, whatever. The offer of salvation. Think about this, guys. The offer of salvation. The opportunity for anyone to live in heaven forever is free. Am I right? It's completely free. I mean, it costs God. It costs God the Father, His Son. It costs Jesus incredible humiliation, rejection, torture, pain, loneliness, and ultimately His death on a cross. It cost Him. But for you and me, it's free. For any human being out there, it's free. The Bible teaches us clearly that anyone who would want to live in heaven forever, once they've died, if you want to live there after this, your heart stops here. There's only two things are required, and you have to do them now while your heart's still beating. Two things are required to get into heaven. Two things are required. Listen to me. Two things, especially for those that are on the internet, two things are required. That's it. Just two things. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, spell it out for us. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's it. And verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Again, two things. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. You know, that's less work than signing up for the club at the Food Lion grocery store. Seriously, isn't it? Or filling out that credit application to get the free bonus points. And yet here's a dilemma that has always troubled me all of my Christian life. From the first day that I met Christ, I could not understand this. Although salvation is completely free, completely free to us, why do people reject it? Why? Why, why do they turn it down? Certainly, you have tried to tell loved ones. You've shared, tried to share with your family, your friends, your schoolmates. You told them about Jesus, what he's done for you. You've hopefully invited them to pray and ask Jesus to forgive them of their sin, to come into their heart, to become their Lord and Savior. And yet they resist. Why? There's absolutely no cost in trying Jesus. And I'm not talking about, you know, teasing a little child with, hey, try broccoli. This is Jesus. Why? 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 I mean, these same people grab all the free samples at Costco, give it no thought at all. And honestly, some of that stuff, I'm telling you, I mean, I like, again, I like free and you know I love Costco, but you don't know what you're getting into. They want you to try it so maybe you'll buy it. You know, some, they, sometimes they have some weird samples. But that's why they're offering samples. They want you to try it because they know if you try it, you'll go to that freezer and you'll buy it. One of my favorite Christian bumper stickers from back in the day. Remember bumper stickers? <laughs> Remember chrome bumpers? 
I love this one. I, I bought it and I put it on my car back then. Give Jesus a chance. That, that's all I'm at. Just give him a chance. Just give him a chance. Just try him. Kind of reminds me of Psalm 34, 8, which says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right? You've got to taste him. You've got to try him. And many times, you know, that's what I've told people to do. I'd be sharing, sharing the gospel with somebody and, and, you know, they go off on tangents, right? Well, what about this? There's really a God. What about this? What about this? They want me to give them a complete theology course. And we're running out of time and it's getting late. I'm not, you know, and I tell them, look, if you ask Jesus to come into your heart, once you have him inside of you, you will all of a sudden know the answers to the questions you're asking me. That's where I go with that. But I said, first, you need to pray. You need to try Jesus. Just try him. I've actually told some people, look, just try him. And if you don't like him, you can walk away. Really, if it's not real, if this, if this Jesus does not work in your life, then just go the other way. Because I'm so convinced. I mean, money back guarantee. You ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. Uh, it's unbelievable. You know. I mean, I'm talking, I'm preaching to the choir, right? I mean, you know this. My life changed in a moment. Now, I, I wasn't aware of all the changes until the next morning. But I knew something had happened the moment I said amen at the end of that prayer, asking Jesus to come in and be my Savior. And you have done the same thing, so you know. All we've got to do is get someone to pray with us. Say, look, just try it. What do you got to lose to try? I'm not asking for a donation. I'm not asking you to sign up and become a church member. Just ask him to come into your life. Are you with me on this, guys? It's that simple. If it doesn't work, go on with your life. But at least let me introduce you to Jesus and then you decide for yourself. And yet again, you offer that. I'm telling you, you offer that. It's amazing how supposedly open-minded people will suddenly slam the door of their brains shut or, or, or the door of their hearts closed on a free gift that's going to allow them to live forever. That's mind-boggling. That is absolutely mind-boggling. And I think the problem is, you know, there's something in the very idea of free that makes some people skeptical. Amen? You know, about free stuff. Uh, you, you've heard it said, there's an old phrase, there's no such thing as a free, free lunch. And that came out in the 1930s, by the way. Saloons would offer a free lunch to patrons who come in and pay for their drinks. Sometimes we refer to various things having strings attached, right? You know that phrase, there's a string attached. You know, and I've had some, some non-believers ask me, well, if I accept Jesus, does that mean I have to quit this and I have to quit that and I have to quit this and I have to give up that and can't go there? I won't even answer that question because I know that once they accept Jesus, they won't want to go there. It's that simple. Now, I'm not going to lie to them. All I do is just keep bringing them back around. Listen to me carefully because I want you to do this. Keep bringing them back around. Try Jesus. Just try him. Just give him a try. Just give them a try. If you asked me, really, if you made something weird at your house and you asked me to taste it, I would taste it. I mean, that's me, but I, I, not just to be polite, but, I, you know, just, just try Jesus. Salvation is absolutely free to us because it's predicated upon God's grace. And the definition of grace is getting something you don't deserve. In other words, it's free. Because of Adam's sin, because of our own sinfulness, we deserved the wrath of God. But because Jesus Christ came, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, we receive grace. We, we were due wrath, but because of what Jesus did, we get grace. And we're justified, which is explained as just as if I, justified, just as if I never sinned. 
And then think of the other belief systems and religious philosophies that are out there in the world today. I mean, Islam teaches that there's a balance scale with one side being weighed down with sin, one side being weighed down with good deeds. When a Muslim finally dies, his reward is based upon whichever scale is heavier. He doesn't know. He doesn't know until he's dead. And then Allah is going to say, you are a sinner. You're going to hell. But it's based on deeds. The Mormon cult teaches that the Christian teaching, our teaching about grace, is errant. That it's a false teaching. And so for the Mormons, salvation is based upon deeds as well. Even the Roman Catholic Church teaches that there is a place for penance, not repentance. We believe in repentance. But penance to make up for our sins. Seventh-day Adventists believe that, that there's only a partial atonement. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for all of our sins. So we have to keep the Old Testament dietary laws and we have to worship on Saturday, not Sunday, the Sabbath. That's why they're called Seventh-day Adventists. Humans get to make up the gap that Jesus didn't finish. And that conflict's been going on since the first days of the church. I want us to take a look at Galatians chapter 1. We'll start at verse 1, just a few verses. Because again, this was going on in the days of the apostles. Galatians 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, writing to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God and, Fa of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Then he goes on. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Now we're going to jump over to the third chapter in just a moment because what we're going to see is a people who are willfully choosing works as a way to salvation, doing good deeds, doing all the good things, trying to earn the way to salvation instead of simply accepting God's righteousness through God's grace. They're wanting to work for what is meant to be free. And notice, I want you to notice how Paul even goes so far to call this teaching a different gospel, as he did in this chapter. It's a different gospel. It's no gospel at all. A teaching that would draw down a curse. He said, even if you're an angel preaching this heresy, I'm going to call a curse on you. Now, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? And so again, I ask, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. And so those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. 
For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a pole or a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. We don't earn salvation. It's free. It's a free gift. And then let's go to Galatians chapter 4 verse 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. Do you see the word enslaved in verse 9, Galatians 4, 9? We've been talking about freedom today. Of being free, receiving what is free. You and I have received the free gift of God, which is a phrase, by the way, that's used at least a dozen times in the New Testament. God's gift of salvation is free. And it's not the gospel. It's not the gospel if it's not completely and totally free to every man and woman, boy and girl. So here's what I want us to do with this today. I'm almost done. First, I want you to offer this free gift to everyone you know. I want you to decide from now through the end of the year, start telling people about the free gift that you have and you've had. I haven't emphasized this for some time now because we're busy social distancing and I'll be honest with you, it's really hard to witness to someone with a mask over your face. I want them to know I'm sincere. Doesn't it, it hid the most important part of our face. Now we can actually be closer to people. They can see that we're sincere. They can see that we care. Now the things have changed. What I want you to do, and you found one on your seat this morning. We have these invite cards. We've had them for years. There's a basket full of them out in the lobby. But there, I put one in every chair this morning. Take that and think about who you would invite to Christ and if, and if you're not really confident and you don't think you are, you can bring them to church. Say, I'd love you to come to church with us. And, and every study I've ever read from Rick Warren all the way down to, to um, um, some of the poll givers, they've all said the same thing. 85% of the people out there have said they would go to church if someone asked them to go with them. Now, that doesn't mean, okay, Tuesday this week, you ask someone to go to church either Sunday. They might say no. It's summertime. They might have plans at the beach. They might be going out on the boat. They might be going camping. They might be going to. You can ask them again. They're still waiting for your invite. And, and you don't have to be obnoxious about it. Just, hey, how about even once every few weeks? Say, hey, look, you know. And they may even say, yeah, I'd be interested. But, you know, I got this coming up. We've got a graduation. We've got a wedding. We've got People have lives. They're not going to be as committed as you are because they don't understand the free gift yet. Use these things. Just put a few. And these, I mean, you know, I had, these are designed to fit in your wallet. You know how, you know how business cards are? Put them in a, in a billfold, you fold it, they look ugly. They're all twisted and bent. This is made to fit anywhere in your purse, ladies, in your wallet, guys. They're a little bit more durable. They're a special kind of paper. They're not going to melt in your pocket. Use these things. 
Take some and use them. You have one at least this morning. Invite people to your church, to your place of worship, so they can be invited to receive God's free gift of salvation. Does that make sense? It's easy. Secondly, I want you to pray for the people who you're going to invite. Getting someone into heaven is not a carnal venture. People do not get into heaven by intellectually believing. It's not just the head, it's the heart. They have to be convicted. They've got to be convinced. It's not just intellectual assent. It's not a a mental awakening. It's something that takes over their entire soul. And you know this. I'm I'm not telling you anything new. You know it. You may have forgotten about it because we don't talk about salvation that much because we're already saved. But I want you to pray for those that you'll be inviting to come to church or inviting to Christ. I'd rather you prayed with them to receive Christ than invite them to church. But again, if that doesn't work out, say, hey, how about coming to church? We got this special thing going on. We got this going. I want you to really pray for them. Because I believe one of the reasons why people seem to prefer works and deeds over grace is because, as Paul told the Corinthians, the God of this age, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. He's blinded their minds. We somehow need to break in. You see, Satan is blinding their minds. He's blinding their hearts to the obvious. Guys, it's so obvious. I refused it. I, never, I don't think I ever heard a real clear gospel presentation. But if someone had come up to me and said, hey, how about going to church? I would be the, one of the 15% that would say, no way, ever. So it isn't enough just to share the gospel. We also need to prepare the soil by praying and rebuking the God of this age. And I sincerely want us to start doing this because I believe that we will see results. We're going to see lives changed. As we pray for them, we tell them about this incredible free gift. Remember, it's a free gift. Don't add any works to it. We need to pray for them that they would taste and see that the Lord is good. And that's how I want us to close this morning. I'm going to open this altar area. We're going to start doing that on a regular basis as well. And I want to invite you to come and find a place of prayer. Begin to pray for that person that you you want to bring Christ to them. You want to invite them to church. I want us to do that this morning before we leave. Let's all stand together. If we could have some music. I want us to spend some time at this altar praying for the lost. Praying for them to get saved. It's so easy. But the Holy Spirit has to break through. And we've got to pray. We've got to pray for their hearts to be open. I know that someone, I know that more than one person, I know people were praying for my salvation. And man, when it happened, I didn't see it coming, but it happened. God moved and he got my attention. And that's how he's going to do it with others. So let's, let's find our way to this altar area. Let's begin to pray now. Come on. Let's not waste any more time. I've gone long today. But let's, let's go to God and let's really seek him. There may be some friends that you have. There may be co-workers. You know, my biggest concern when I first became a Christian was my own family. I did not want my mother or father going to hell. I didn't want my siblings to go into eternity without Christ. So I know you may have unsaved family members, unsaved loved ones. We need to just bring them to the throne of God, not just this Sunday, but all the time. I want you seriously to begin to pray for them today, but continue to pray for them all the time that God would open a door. Maybe you won't even be that person. Maybe there'll be someone else that they work with that might tell them. It's amazing. The church is not dead. 
Jesus Christ is not dead. He is alive forevermore. He makes intercession for us, the word says. He makes intercession for us. He's at the right hand of the Father right now. God's greatest desire is that none would perish, but that all, that all men and women and boys and girls would come to repentance. That's God's God's greatest, greatest desire is that everyone would receive this offer of salvation. And so, Lord, right now, God, we come against the enemy. We come against this fool called the devil. We come against Satan the usurper, the opposer, the deceiver, the destroyer. We rebuke him in the name of Jesus. This prince of of this world, this God of this age, who blinds the minds of those who are unbelieving. And Lord God, I pray that hearts and minds would be open to you, Lord. God, as as I sense today that you have announced, you have declared a year of blessing for your church. Lord, I pray that that would pour over to the unsaved. Not that they would be material blessed, but Lord, that they would be spiritually blessed and born again. That they would come into your kingdom as brand new babies in Christ. Lord, that you would use your church, not just here at Praise Assembly, but all across our nation and the entire world. We know you're doing great things in Asia, great things in Africa, South America. Lord, you have not forgotten North America. And I pray that you'd pour your spirit out. Lord, so that we would not just talk to co-workers or family members about the mundane and the daily, but Lord God, that we would, we would try to find the right moment to tell them about you. Lord, they, they, for the last 10 years, they're probably wondering why we never talk about you in front of them. Lord, how I pray that you would quicken our spirits and then you would quicken their spirits, that you would soften their hearts. Lord, that we would not be hesitant. Lord, I pray there'd be a new boldness a new boldness among the body of Christ. Not an obnoxious, toxic, or caustic boldness, but a real loving, compassionate boldness. Because these people are going to spend eternity in hell if we don't reach them. Your loved ones, your loved ones, start with your own family, your friends, your neighbors. closest to us, those that have gone astray. Lord, we pray for the prodigal today, Lord, that they would return to you. Lord, I I pray for everyone here this morning, Lord, who may have a family member that doesn't know you. God, I pray that that door would be open, that the door of their heart would be open, that your Holy Spirit would get inside of them and convict them, show them their need for this free gift so they'd be ready to receive. Lord, I believe that you're going to do incredible things, Lord. After a couple years of what we've been through, Lord, your Holy Spirit is going to move like we have not seen in a long time. Father, I just pray, God, that we would be part of that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Just pour yourself out upon us, Lord. Begin to work in our own hearts, God. You have a plan. You have a strategy. Lord, your plan will never be thwarted. Never. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. God, you are so good. You are so good. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you, for, thank you Lord, for bringing us into your family. And Lord, I pray that we would find some new brothers and sisters 
brand new, born into your kingdom. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 I'm going to close in just a minute, but you know, please don't feel guilted into sharing the gospel with anyone. That's not what this is about. Just the fact that you enjoy so many blessings. You really do. And we take them like our freedom. We take them for granted. The lost have no clue. They're not going to tell you all their problems. Uh, this past week, I had, a, I had a man open up to me at our front door. And uh, just unbelievable. I mean, I, I, think he was, I think he was taken back. It was, it was someone that we see once a year here in this building to do work. And, um, you know, he came in, did his thing, and he was ready to leave. He was, he was really almost ready to get in his truck. And he turned around and he came over to me. I mean, he knows I'm a pastor. This is a church. And he, he told me his son of 38 years had died last month, the day before Mother's Day. And I just took that opportunity to pray for him. We didn't pray a prayer of salvation but prayed for him and it meant so much to him. And I was able to tell him, hey, you know, we're here. I did invite him to church and I invited him to, to grief share whenever we get that started up again. And his, and his, I mean, his wife, I mean, this 38 years old, they only had four days notice. It wasn't an accident. He had some liver disease no one knew about. There wasn't any way to detoxify him and keep him alive. There wasn't anything they could do the day before Mother's Day. And I know he felt acceptance, he felt compassion, he felt love. Let's go out and deliver that, amen? amen? Father God, I pray your blessing upon your flock. Lord, I, I know that you're going to use us. Lord, you are going to use us. And I just thank you for that privilege that you want to use us. Lord, help us to be sensitive to your leading. And now I pray your blessing on your flock. In Jesus' name, amen.